We at Amazing Stories are thankful for and gracefully accept the donations we receive from our listeners from across the world who count on the unique programming we provide. You too can donate through the link provided in the description section of each episode. Please keep in mind that the continued support from our growing audience helps us fulfill our mission of bringing you a new amazing story every day. Thank you for listening, and we hope you continue to enjoy our stories. BBC Sounds, if you're listening, I still haven't gotten my paycheck for these language warnings. What's up with that? I'm doing a good job, right? Okay, okay, I'll step it up. This next episode of The Cypher is intense. There are violent scenes and... Who are you talking to? No one, dear. Violent scenes and strong language. Enjoy. I never knew there were beaches in Iceland. I imagine glaciers and... Tall blonde people eating meat and, I don't know, dancing to techno music. What did you say? I, I said I didn't picture Iceland like this. Look, save the observations, they're right behind us. How do you know? You haven't looked back once. But I, I can sense it. Well, Spider Man, if your intuition is that strong, where's the plane? Uh, uh, that way, straight ahead. We're running down the black beach in Iceland. I know what you're thinking. Iceland? How did we get here? Don't worry. I'll get to that in a minute. For now, we need to keep moving. We need to get to the crash site. quick history lesson. Back in 1973, something very, very weird happened in the skies above Iceland. A United States naval plane ran out of fuel, or an engine failed, or both. The details of the story are sketchy, but this much is certain. The plane crashed on the black beach in... I'm going to butcher the name here. Solheimassender on the south coast of Iceland. Now, according to official US records, the crash took place on November the 24th. But people actually in Iceland tell a different story. It didn't happen on the 24th. Many people were gathered at the beach, no plane. This is Axel van Magnussen, a local tour guide who is writing a book about the mysterious crash. The whole incident feels staged. I mean, think about it. The wreckage of the plane is just sitting there on the beach. The government never moved it. How do you explain that? Well, I have a theory. It's not a real airplane. It's a prop. You? The crash never happened. Back in the 1970s, tourism in Iceland was non-existent. Three separate volcanic eruptions made global news and we had our first serial killer. We needed a bit of fun. Adventure, something to bring in tourists. So we created up a piece of theatre and it worked. You see, to this day, the Black Beach crash site is our most famous tourist attraction. 
Justin Bieber took a picture in front of the plane. Go ahead, check his Insta. There it is. I see it. Wow. Wow is correct. It's straight out of a sci-fi movie. An old wrecked plane just sitting there on the beach. What now? We go inside. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, sure. You want to go first? Uh, no, not really, but we are being chased, so... There are giant, gaping holes in the fuselage of the plane. Be careful. Thanks for your concern. Here, uh, take my hand. I'll help you on. Yeah, go on. Watch out, watch out. It looks haunted in here. It's it's too cold to be haunted. Ghosts like warm weather. How do you know? They're they're all right. They're ghosts, not retirees. Plus, who cares? We we don't have time. Okay, okay, sorry, sorry. Let's let's uh. Let's just look around. What what are we looking for? I, I don't know, but I have a feeling there's something in here. That's helpful. Hey, hey look at this. What is it? A book or, or something. Let me see. photo album. There are pictures of a little girl. Maybe it's the pilot's daughter. No. It's me. What? That's my fifth birthday party. That's my year for piano recital. Serious? That's our trip to Cornwall when I was 12. What the hell is going on? Who put these here? Where where did they get these photos? I I don't know, but there's got to be an explanation. Yeah, someone's been following me for my entire life. You mean us? What? Then he points to the final picture in the album. It was taken just a few days ago. The waterfront in Boston. They were there. Someone was watching us. we better pause and get you up to speed. When we left off, we were in Boston, at the scene of Dr. Usman's murder, where his corpse suddenly jolted back to life. What's happening? Shh. Now, oddly enough, there is one possible explanation, a medical phenomenon called Lazarus Syndrome. Or if you're a doctor or whatever, auto-resuscitation post-cardiopulmonary resuscitation. Who am I kidding? Even doctors aren't saying all that. Anyway, it's this thing where after you've tried CPR on someone and given up, a few hours or even days later, their heart just kicks in again. 
So a dead person jolts back to life, if only for an instant. It takes its name from Lazarus, who was raised from the dead by Jesus. It's a real medical occurrence that's been noted 38 times since 1982. Well, 39 times if you count what just happened in Dr. Usman's bedroom. I know it sounds, well, I did say possible explanation, not probable. (laughs) If anyone has a better one, I'd love to hear it. Is it over? Is he dead? He said perfect storm. Yeah, 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 no shit. Can get them out of here. Come on, kids, this way. Are you going to tell us what just happened, or...? Now! Perfect storm. There was a movie a few years ago. George Clooney, remember? Yeah, about Hurricane, right? A movie, really? Well, it's just an idea. Maybe we should watch it. Yeah, I'll get the popcorn. It's the best idea we have. Hey, someone get off their ass and find the perfect storm? Yes, ma'am. Check all the streaming channels. We're on it. Well, I'm under it. Huh? What do you mean? I point to the photo on the wall. Why do men put photographs of their boats on the wall anyway? Oh, shit. Perfect storm. It's the name of his yacht. That's the Boston waterfront. How far? 20 minutes. Ten minutes later, we're back in the car, speeding down the highway, heading towards the Boston waterfront. Hey, hey, Ken, can can we get some music on? Nope. Okay. (laughs) Good talk. Efrat? Yes? When can I speak to my dad? Later, Sabrina, I promise. What if there is no later? We, We don't know what's waiting for us. What if it's some kind of monster? On a yacht? You know what I mean. Whatever did that to Dr. Usman, he or she or it could be hiding on the boat. Don't worry. I won't let anything happen to you. Too late. Waterfronts are nice. This way. Must be why people like living on the coast. Perfect storm? Where's the perfect storm? Oh, right? Uh, I just saw it. Um, down there, end of the dock. Thank you. Look at this one. Bishop Allen. Who calls her boat Bishop or Allen? Right next to Queen Mary and King James. All of these boats are named after chess pieces. There it is. Perfect storm. Let's see it. Sabrina? Where are you? Right behind you. Wow. Nice boat. Someday I'll get one just like it. Yeah, just invent a nap. <laughs> Shh. Sabrina, Benny, stay behind us. Understood? Right behind us. Ephra and Ken scope things out like we're infiltrating a hideout. Everyone, pull. Their guns drawn. Checking around all the corners. Opening every door. Bathroom's clear. 
There are multiple levels to the boat, with furniture and style. We walk into the control room next. Oh, shit. What? What did you find? Nothing, just marvelling at the architecture. A lie. There is a picture of my mum, just above the boat's controls. What? A picture of my mother, standing in front of an old crashed plane on a beach. I take the photo and slip it into my pocket before anyone can see. Sabrina? You look, uh, you look dizzy. Are you okay? Yeah, yeah, um, um... What was that? There's someone else on this boat. Someone upstairs. Hello? Who's up there? We are international marshals. If there is anyone on this boat, you need to come out now. I repeat, we are in... He's coming down. Kids, hide. Who's coming down? I'm warning you, we are armed. We are international marshals. Yes, I heard you the first time. A man walks into the control room. About 35, with a big beard and skinny jeans, drinking a beer. He doesn't look like a monster. No. He looks like a hipster. Hey there. I didn't mean to scare you. I guess I was early. Anyway... Uh, welcome aboard. Now, which one are you, Sabrina? Who are you? Ernie. Uh, Ernie Boggs. Who? Uh, it doesn't matter. I'm no one. I'm just here to, uh... Whoa, whoa, stay back. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> What's with the guns, man? What are you doing here, Ernie? I'm, I'm paying my rent. I'm a task rabbit. I was paid to be here. I, I, I was told that Sabrina would be here. I, I'm Sabrina. Ah, Perfect. I said stay back. Look, bro, if I don't make this delivery, I don't get paid. Delivery? You hire me through an app to drop off your laundry, I'll pick up your groceries, hang your bike rack, We get uh, it. Well, someone booked me to come here. This boat, this time, to deliver this, uh, whatever this thing is, to Sabrina. May I? Here you go, Sabrina. No, 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 no. Don't touch it. He's right. It could be a bomb. A bomb? Are you shitting me? I'm only getting a hundred bucks for this. It better not be a bomb. It's a USB stick. I thought so. For a computer, right? Uh, yeah. What's on it? No idea. But if you guys are really international marshals, I'm assuming something important. Perhaps I should get a tip? Hand it over. Ephra, it's for me. I'll take it for now. Yes, ma'am. Here you go. Can I go now? No. You're coming with us. What? I can't. I, I have rehearsal. I'm, I'm an actor. I'm in a play tonight. <sighs> well, you better call in sick. Ephraim, can I please oh. see what's on the USB? Yes. No. It's not a bomb, but that doesn't mean it's safe. It could be a virus. It could corrupt our whole system. Calm down, Ken. As long as we use a computer that's not connected to our network, it'll be pretty low risk. So I can. I can have it. Yes, just be patient. Let's go. Later, back at the Arrow compound, Ken marches us down the hall. Come on. He's holding the USB stick. This way. Where are we going? 
Where's Efrat? What's the matter? You like her better than me? Yeah. yeah. Thanks. Okay. Here we are. Ken takes us into a computer room. Sit down. Hey, Ken? Yes? You ever smile, man? Is it allowed? Sit. Okay, okay. We're sitting. Ken plugs in the mysterious USB stick. We wait for a second. And then... What the hell is this? It looks like a wall of text. Nope. Not even close. What is it then? It's a substitution cipher. Blocks of letters in obscure geometric arrangements. Text replaced with codes. Give us an hour. We should be able to crack it. Give me 45. 30. 15. Take as much time as you need. Can I need some coffee, please? Okay, but... Don't forget the milk. Yes, ma'am. What happened to the task rabbit? We let him go. Go ahead. Get to work. Yes, ma'am. Benny and I get to work, trying to solve the cipher on the USB stick. See anything yet? It's been ten seconds. Oh, listen to you. You were talking such a big game a minute ago. Guys, please stop flirting. Ew, we're not flirting. Whatever. Just focus. For real, Sabrina, focus. God, I miss Isabella. Why couldn't she be here instead of Benny? All right. Let's see. A few minutes pass, and Ken walks back in. Coffee. Oh, bueno. I start to see a pattern on the screen. Words and sentences hidden in a wall of text. You know, language-based ciphers go back hundreds of years. The German monk Trithemius was famous for creating them in the 1500s. Lewis Carroll published the alphabet cipher in 1868, and Alan Turing used them as recruitment tools during World War II. He put them in local newspapers to find talented codebreakers. How's it coming? Uh, Yeah, uh, good, I think. This USB stick was holding a spiral of words. Adagio. Reprise. Rovido. What is this? How about now? Shit, Ken, you're not very patient. Sabrina, how about you? Do you see anything? I, um... Nope. That's a lie. I do see something. Wait, 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 wait. I I think I... Nah. Nah. Nah, forget it. No, you know, it's it's nothing. It's nothing. Penny sees it too. It's right there, hidden in the wall of text. It says, Arrow team is lying to you. You must escape. Tomorrow, noon. Boylston Street. Holy shit. This USB is our escape plan. 
God, this this puzzle is tough. Maybe maybe we need a break. Uh, agreed. I'm exhausted. Yeah, it's only been an hour. They've had a long day. Get some sleep, guys. Start again in the morning. Good idea. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Okay then. I'll show you to your rooms. Oh, and uh, uh, Efrat, um, one more thing. Yes. Do you have a chessboard? What? It helps me sleep. Sabrina, do you do you play? A little, yeah. Maybe we can play a few games, you know, unwind. Is is that cool, Efrat? We don't have a chessboard, but um, I suppose I can arrange to have one delivered. That would be great. Yeah. Clever boy. Here's the deal. There are cameras everywhere in this compound. People are watching us constantly, watching and listening. If we're going to talk, we need to do it in secret, with a hidden language. Check. Like myself, Benny is proficient in chess correspondence. Let me explain. Basically, each square on the board represents a letter. Arrow can watch us play all they like. We're just playing a game, right? Check. Wrong. With every move, Benny and I are having a private conversation. Check yourself. Hmm. Faster? Yeah, let's do it. You might not understand chess ciphers either, so... This is our conversation, decoded. Did you see it? Yes, I nearly screamed. Who do you think sent it? Doesn't matter. If Arrow is lying... We don't know that. Come on, what about your father? You keep asking to speak with him. Every time they... obfuscate. Why such big words? We're speaking in code. Keep it simple. Sorry, just trying to impress you. Why? Because I like you. Oh, God. Look, I think we should just follow the instructions. Tomorrow at noon, we get them outside, to Boylston or whatever the street is, and see what happens. Are you sure? We don't know who the message is from. Exactly. Let's roll the dice. What about Efrat? What about her? I don't want her to get hurt. She won't. Besides, we need to do what's best for us. You're right. I'm in. Okay, cool. So tomorrow, at about 11.30, we... Alright, everyone, stick together. The next day, we get Ken and Ephra outside on Boylston Street. Come on. Just a few minutes before noon. So, what are we doing here? Looking for a clue. Any clue in particular? Boylston, that's that's all we know. The USB port said Boylston Street is where we'll find the next clue. <sighs> well, you picked a busy street. It's true. Busy, crowded, and loud. There's a dance troupe performing to a K-pop song. And Ken, who is usually the strong, silent type, has a lot to say. God, I hate K-pop. Really? I love it. What's the matter, Ken? You don't like to dance? You know how it started? What? K-pop? Mm-hmm. I read about it on Reddit. Reddit? And you believe it? So, there's this guy named Johnny Kitagawa. Japanese-American, like me. 
He was hired by the CIA to change the face of Asian masculinity. Literally. By introducing the most feminine elements of American pop culture into the Asian market. What on earth are you talking about? Look, traditionally, the ideal Asian man was the samurai. Strong, masculine, take no prisoners. America viewed that as a threat. They wanted to weaken the entire culture of Asia. You're saying that CIA used pop music to make Asian men less manly? What, what's One Direction, then? The Japanese counter-strike? All I know is that in Japan, there are more makeup products for men than women these days. Well, I think that's great. Let men experiment. Yeah, I agree. Really, what is a man and what is masculinity? Shit. Right behind Ken, there's a bookshop. Right in the window. I see it. A girl's guide to the galaxy. The cover is a bit different since we're in the States, but that's it. The same graphic novel. But wait. Those words on the cover, above the title, they, they look like... Oh my god. They're just like the words from my dream. The same gibberish. I look closer. And I try to sound out the words to memorize them in case there's some kind of... Hey guys! You again. What's up, bro? It's Ernie, the guy from the boat. What are you doing here? Shopping for truffles. I just keep bumping into you, I guess. We're working. Please move on. You know, you made me miss rehearsal yesterday. The director threatened to recast me. That's not our problem. Fair enough. Hey, Sabrina, how'd it go with that USB stick? Great, thanks. <sighs> keep moving, Ernie. Shouldn't the kids be in school? Excuse me? The kids. Shouldn't they be in school? Ernie, we're sorry about the play, okay? Really, but... Can I show you something? Me? Yes, you. Efrat, that, that's your name, right? Look, Ernie, I don't know what you're... Please, Efrat. You really need to see this. Okay, Ernie. Show me. Ernie pulls Efrat aside, just a few feet away. He points up to a building. You see that building up there? Yes. Good. Look very closely. What do you see? Shitty architecture. Besides that, there's 11 men in that building right now. 11 men standing in front of 11 random windows with 11 big scary guns pointed right at you. 11 is my lucky number. Who are you? I told you. I'm a task rabbit. Okay. I've had no, no. I wouldn't do that, Chief. He's right, Ken. There's no need. Hey, Ernie, now that you showed me something, please, let me show you something. Efrat turns Ernie around. You see that building up there? She points to another building on the other side of the street. Yeah, I see it. Good. I have 12 men standing in front of 12 random windows. My men, with big scary guns, pointed right at you. You see, 12 is my lucky number. Oh, oh, no! Down! 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 Down!
Benny grabs me by the hand and we start running. Not so fast! Ken stops us, but Benny punches him. Wham! Right in the face. Let's go! Watch out! What's that? Did you knock him out? Let's go, let's go, let's go! How did you hit him that hard? Is your hand okay? I'm fine. Shit. Which way? I don't know. I wish the city was built on a grid like New York. It would be so much easier to navigate. I'm running. Let's just run. We turn into a side street, not knowing if we're being chased or shot at or... This way! We turn into another side street. And then a van pulls up alongside us. It cuts us off. Get in! Who are you? Do you want to get killed? Get in the van! Come on, Sabrina! Make yourselves comfortable. Watch out for the box of... whatever. Everyone in? Alright then. Let's get the fuck out of here, shall we? Yeah. yeah. Hang on, kids. Yes. Whoever this guy is, he's done this before. Don't worry, fam. Safe now. Well, not safe exactly. I don't want to overstate the case. We are being shot at after all. Safe would imply you're home in bed, watching TV, but uh, you're better off in here than out there, that's for sure. It's a matter of perspective. Who are you? If you mean in the big existential sense, we don't really have time for that. But you can call me Fergus. Pleasure to meet you both. Fergus? Well, not what you're expecting. Uh, I mean, no. Yeah, that's kind of the point. Uh, I'm Benny, this is... I know who you are. I was briefed. Briefed? You have a mission, you get briefed. Who sent you? Hang on. Sorry about that. Anyway, what was your question? Who sent you? Oh, right. Your dad. My dad? Harry, yeah. I don't understand. Going home, Sabrina. Cypher, Episode 4, Perfect Storm, featuring Anya Cholotri, Chance Podomo, and Samuel Adewanmi. It's created and written by Brett Nietzsche, with additional writing by Janina Mathewson. Editing and sound design is by Steve Bond, with music by me, Ben Brick, and Mark Henry Phillips. The Cypher is produced by Emma Hearn and executive produced and directed by John Scott Dryden. It is a Gold Hawk production for BBC Sounds. For more details, including a full cast list, go to the BBC Sounds website. Thank you for listening, and don't forget to join us tomorrow for yet another amazing story.